You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, football fans, to another episode of Locked On NFL here on the Locked On Podcast. Network, your team every day with your Tuesday hosts, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings and myself, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. On today's episode of Locked on NFL, we're going to be doing two segments with our good friend Peter Bukowski talking about them Packers and, of course, a whole bunch of Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to show up to training camp? Is he going to play in 2021? Is he going to be traded? We're going to talk about all them things. And then we're going to circle around to the defensive side as well to take a look at what's most exciting about Green Bay Packers training camp over on the defense. Then we're going to be joined by our good friend, Vinny Iyer of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast, which you should check out every Monday through Friday. Make sure you're getting ready for your fantasy football leagues. But we have our fantasy forum today. Vinny's going to be coming through to talk about some of those young up-and-comers that you need to have your eyes out on for your fantasy football leagues. As always, I am Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, joined every Tuesday by Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. And this is Locked On NFL. I'm so excited to bully Peter. Let's bring him in. All right. All right. We're going to go ahead and bring him in. It is Peter Bukowski, host of the Locked On Packers podcast, as well as Locked On and Odyssey's Locked On Today. Keep you up to date with everything going on around the world of sports. But today, he's here as a Locked On Packers host to talk a little bit about the Green Bay Packers. You can follow him on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Peter, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty ready for football to be back, although I am very much enjoying the NBA Finals right now as, as uh, all Wisconsin. Wisconsin sports fans are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nice win. Nice win on uh, Sunday night. Everything Disagree. looks to be going very well. I know. So, so here's the thing you guys, you two are, are NFC North mates. Uh, so, you know, it, I was going to say, you know, maybe we should make sure that you guys kind of keep it civil, but you know what? Don't uh, let's talk a little, <laughs> I think it's more so entertaining that it, way. What's it like being doomed? Uh, to lose your star franchise player to uh, general organizational incompetence. How does that feel? Well, I, I don't know. Last time this happened, um, th- there was a number four in in purple and gold. So uh, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a reprise. So let's talk okay, a no, little bit. Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, thing. about Aaron Rodgers. Like, how, how's all this going so far over the course of the off season? I mean, we know that everything kind of blew up for a little while. How is everything sort of sitting now, just a couple weeks out from camp? Uh, I don't know. And that's, that's like a very cop-out answer. And I understand that, but I don't know that the Packers know. Mm -hmm. I don't know that Aaron Rodgers knows as we stand here recording in mid July, right? Uh, He has been cagey about all of this. If you talk to, you know, the, the, the line that I keep saying on my show and, and it's true because I, I try and talk to as many people as I can. If you talk to five people, you get eight answers on what the reality is and and who's doing what and who feels what about who and who started it and who's trying to finish it and all this stuff. So that part of it is really difficult for me to parse. What I know is that the outcome that makes sense is for Rodgers to play in Green Bay this season. Beyond that, I don't know. And, and I don't know that Green Bay knows and I don't know that Aaron Rodgers knows. But the uh, the outcome that makes the most sense is for Aaron Rodgers to be back in Green Bay. And so I think that is ultimately what happens. Does that mean I think it's going to be um, sunshine and rainbows in uh, Green Bay this year? 
I no. Um, I, I I don't know how the residual contentiousness is going to play out. And and it, and yet, guys, it seems just as likely that Aaron Rodgers goes out and kicks ass and takes names and does the stuff that he did last year because this team is still really good. It's still one of the best teams in in not just the NFC but the NFL, especially if Aaron Rodgers is there. And they are rightfully in contention to be a Super Bowl team if and when Rodgers comes back. What do you think it depends on? That's always my question. Is what like what is at the crux of this? Where if this factor goes this way, he stays. If it goes that way, he goes. Is is there something that even if you don't know what the answer to the question is, what coin are we flipping? The the thing about that question is that it is the question, and we we have no good answers. And mm. Adam Schefter, who broke the story of Aaron Rodgers' discontent in Green Bay went on NFL Live. I will never forget this. And he said, the Packers don't know what to do to make Aaron Rodgers feel better, which to me says he didn't say do this or else. So there are a lot of different pieces to this. I I think ultimately what we will see, and for a long time I said, I don't think we'll see Aaron Rodgers without a multi-year deal. Um, Now I am in sort of the Andrew Brandt camp of this. Um, former Packers executive who believes that Rodgers will be back this year. He will get traded next offseason. And and that is, I, I think, what the plan has has kind of quietly been here, guys, mm-hmm. is is that that sort of uh, successionary timeline. Succession is coming back this fall um, and and not just on HBO. <laughs> so what, one more one more Aaron Rodgers question before we turn the page over. I want to ask you a little bit about the defense and some of the uh, some of the players there that don't get enough shine. But when it comes down to Aaron Rodgers, as this is a training camp preview, do you expect him to be there the first day of training camp or would it make sense for him to not be around right away? So I've gone back and forth on this because if you're going to come back, what is the difference? Right. And yeah. and for quarterbacks, it, yeah. for quarterbacks especially, <laughs> like they're not getting hit. So that's not a problem. You already have this sort of ESP connection with Devontae Adams that you've developed over a number of years. It's it's easy to remember 2015 when it looked like they neither of them had ever played football with the other person. And it was just sort of like, what are we doing here? Right. And yet over time, you know, Devontae has worked himself into becoming the best player in at his position in the league. Um, with with all due respect to both guys in Minnesota, by the way, who I think are awesome. And, and the guy in New Orleans. This is a, a good pod for all of that. Um, but d- does Aaron Rodgers think he has a lot to gain from training camp? No. Right. No. And so I think he could show up late August and just be like, fine. And yeah. I don't think, I honestly, I do not think most players on the Packers would begrudge him that. And frankly, I don't think 90% of Packers fans would begrudge him that either. If he's, if he's there week one, if he's out there trying to beat Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, um, then I I don't think anyone's going to care that much. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we'll just kind of have to wait and see how all that shakes out. As of right now, if you wanted to maybe lay a wager on the Green Bay Packers, you could bet them plus 800 to win the NFC Championship. And if Rodgers does come back, I bet those odds fall significant or rise significantly if you want to get in on that. You can find that, those odds and a whole bunch of other stuff you can bet on. Uh, finishing position for each team, you know, will they finish first, second, third, fourth in the division, and a whole bunch of other stuff at betonline.ag. You can, of course, bet on 
on the NBA Finals. You can bet on MLB, anything else going on in sports, anything that Peter would talk about on the Locked On Today podcast in the wide world of sports, and then even more reality shows, uh, word shows, just about anything you can dream up. That's at betonline.ag. If you don't have an account yet, it's free to set one up. You can head over to betonline.ag. Just like give them, a, give them an email address, and uh, it's easy as that. And then when you make your first deposit, enter promo code Locked On, all one word, and you get a fifty percent welcome bonus. That means if you put in say a thousand bucks as your first deposit, BetOnline matches half of that and adds another five hundred to your account in free play money. For entering promo code locked on L O C K E D O N all one word at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, continuing on with Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers and Locked On Today. Make sure you check out both of the shows to stay up to date every Monday through Friday with the Packers and with the wide world of sports over at Locked On Today. Peter, uh, let's talk a little bit about the defensive side. What is it that we should all be paying attention to? What are you most interested in heading into camp? How much the scheme changes? Mm. They change defensive coordinators, um, Mike Patton and and Joe Barry. It's not like apples and oranges by any means. Sure. But what's interesting to me is, you know, Matt LaFleur sent some some veiled criticisms of his defensive coordinator last year. A lot of off coverage, a lot of zone coverage when he felt like his guys were were suited to be playing more man. And then he hired a guy from a tree of defenses where they play 80, 85% zone. Oh no. And a lot of it is off coverage. So it's just sort of like, so what's going to change exactly in all this. And, and, and obviously there are plenty of things that, that do and will change. Um, You know, the pattern matching that the Vic Fangio um, scheme does is, is different than what Mike Patton did. And a lot of the pre-snap motion, they didn't do a lot of pre-snap disguise with the safeties spinning down the same way that the Brandon Staley Vic Fangio scheme does the same way that, that a lot of what Mike Zimmer does, Mm -hmm. frankly, when they try and disguise the coverages, all of, yeah, that, then that stuff is, is um, it's essential to what this defense looks like. But I'm interested to see how Matt LaFleur wants to change it. I think this is going to be, in a lot of ways, Matt LaFleur's defense in a weird way because he brought in Joe Barry, and I think he brought in Joe Barry to run a version of the Brandon Staley defense. But I mentioned the success that Matt LaFleur has had through two seasons. I think he's been empowered by this organization to put his stamp on this team. And when he was hired, he was a bit of a neophyte, and they... I don't want to say pressured because I don't I don't have the information cold to say they pressured him, but they wanted him to keep Mike Patton. They felt good about Mike Patton, and and I felt good about Mike Patton. Um, and and the report is that Matt Lafleur had Mike Patton on his short list of potential defensive coordinators. Whether or not we believe that is is up to you. Um, but this was the hand selection from Matt Lafleur, and I do think he is going to have a greater hand in making decisions. And in fact, last year he did that that um, play that will go down in in Packers infamy. The end of the first half of the NFC Championship game, Kevin King gives up the the bomb touchdown to right. Scotty Miller. Um, the reporting after the fact said that that was Matt Lafleur's call to play man, but that somehow the headset you know was jumbled or whatever, and Mike Patton. Did not make the two-man call, which was what Matt LaFleur wanted. And it ended up being a cover one robber call, which is just like 
a gobsmacking decision, irrespective of whether or not you think the, the head coach called it. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't, uh, uh, you know, take away the it's blame from someone like Kevin King <laughs> who agree, but it doesn't take away the blame from Kevin King who still played it really poorly. It's not, like, right. even if we're going to play this way, you can't play this way that way. Um, I do think we're going to see Matt LaFleur take a little bit more ownership and say, we need to play this way. And if that stops working, then we can talk about it, but we're going to start doing this. And so I'm really, I'm really anxious to see how that balance is because you, you have someone like Jair Alexander, who I think can play in any coverage. They drafted Eric Stokes, his best coverage at Georgia by far was as a press man corner. Right. I think Kevin King's best trait such that he has those, um, is if you're going to put him in the optimal position for him, it's in press man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Jair Alexander's best trade is playing off and playing eyes to the quarterback and, and allowing him to, to read and react. How do you balance those things? The cool thing about what Vic Fangio did in, in Chicago is he let Kyle Fuller play off. He let Prince Mukamara press and it just sort of like they, they made it work that way. If they're able to do that, I really like the talent on this defense. The reason Mike Patton got fired is because there's enough talent on this defense to be better than they've been. Right. And um, that's, they hired Joe Barry to, to affect those changes. Yeah, that, that is super interesting with like what DCs do with their corners, because some of them will kind of say, okay, this is a press play, this is an off play, you know, and they kind of dictate the alignments. Some court, like I know Mike Zimmer will just leave it up to the corners and he'll say, you right. make the read. Here's a set of rules and a kind of set of if, if you're on the boundary side, you play this yep. or whatever. Um, and I, everybody kind of has a, a different way of, of looking at that. So I'm curious to see how that plays out with the Packers. I'm curious, too, to see if Kevin King starts week one or if you know, is Eric Stokes going to take him down or who else? I mean, you know, there's, that's a real interesting battle there in, in training camp. Well, and Eric Stokes was the standout of, of rookie camp. He was a standout in the OTAs. Um, and, and the speed, I mean, he ran in the four twos. Yeah. Right. He jumped 40 plus. I mean, the guy athletically is outstanding. Now some hip tightness, lateral movement, not the same. Um, but guess what? As, as a press man corner, if you have the length and the speed to recover, you know, you, you can overcome some of those limitations. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so they really, really like Eric Stokes. It was interesting when Kevin King was a rookie in like OTAs and beginning of training camp, he was like cornerback six, cornerback five. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, um, week one happened and he's like the first corner off the bench. And everyone's like, Hmm. Wait a second. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was really all based on number one talent and number two draft pedigree. And by, you know, when, when Quentin Rollins got hurt, he was the guy that they started irrespective of the fact that there were other guys who had seemed to earn, you know, the cornerback three spot or the cornerback four spot when they needed someone, they put Kevin King in. So it would be appropriate if, the same thing happened in, in this circumstance where it's like, okay, he's actually the fourth or fifth best cornerback on the team right now. But if Kevin King, let me rephrase that when Kevin King gets hurt, (laughs) Eric Stokes will come in and start. I, I, the only thing I'll add, um, is if Josh Jackson can be an NFL player, a productive NFL player. And I thought Josh Jackson last year was at least as good as Kevin King, if not better in the regular season, in the, in the about a month that we got to see of Josh Jackson. If he can play in the NFL, 
it is in a scheme like the one that the Rams ran last year, which again, we don't know that they're going to run in Green Bay, that the ability to play off, to play majority zone, and to play eyes to the quarterback and read and react, that is what Josh Jackson is great at, or at least that's what he was great at at Iowa in the one year we saw him. And it could be just the danger of the small sample size and, and the variance of turnovers and a lot of that stuff. I still really like the talent there. He was awesome in the preseason, his rookie year. He was pretty good second half of his rookie year and then has just really fallen apart in, in ways that are inexplicable. I don't have good explanations. Like, how do you how do you look like the best ball hawk in college football and then come to the NFL and forget how to play the ball in the air? I don't under I don't quite understand that. It's like a cornerback getting the yips. Right. And we don't really talk about those kinds of positions that happening. Um Again, if he can play in the NFL, it will be in this scheme. And I won't be surprised if there are reports from training camp that are like, quietly, Josh Jackson has been the second best corner in camp. Like that just, it just wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. It'll be a very interesting, probably one of the more interesting training camps to watch. I would imagine there will be an NFL network hit or two uh, over there in Wisconsin. Hey, Peter, thank you so much for uh, coming by and uh, talking a little bit of Packers with us. Of course. Anytime, guys. All right, you can find Peter again at the Locked On Today podcast and also at Peter underscore Bukowski on Twitter. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Vinny Iyer about some uh, young upstart players you can possibly take a look at targeting in your fantasy leagues. But first, let's talk about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Ross, if you could combine chocolate with one thing, what would it be? Mint. It's my favorite. Did you know that uh, mint brownie is one of the nine delicious flavors that Bill Barr has available for version? I am going to the website right away. Where can I find more of this mint brownie Bill Barr? Why, you can find it and eight other flavors at (laughs) BillBar.com. And uh, do keep an eye on the website, BillBar.com. They've got some specialty flavors that come in all the time. Uh, So keep an eye out because sometimes there's some limited time only stuff that they do. Built Bar is low calorie, low carb, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It's keto friendly if you're doing the keto thing. And you can find all of that stuff at BuiltBar.com and enter promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all one word. You get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, buddy. It is Tuesday. Wrapping up today's show. You know what that means. It is time for the Fantasy Forum. And today we're joined by Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer at Vinny Iyer on Twitter. Vinny, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to be able to speak with you. I know you've been doing a great series over at Locked On Fantasy Football. First of all, giving it up to you for doing 12, what was it, uh, 17 rounds of drafts? That was so awesome. That was incredible. What an incredible yeah, series. We'll see how it plays out when it gets close <laughs> to the season, but you got to find out how things are going in June, July. You got to figure out where things are going here, but yeah. uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how things develop, but uh, definitely through the rounds, you figure out who the sleepers are, yeah. at the ADPs and rankings and all that good stuff. Absolutely. And throughout doing all that, one of the other things you kept an eye out on were young breakout candidates going into 2021 that fantasy football owners should have in mind. Who's the top player that stood out for you under that category of young breakout? Well, I think we'll go quarterback and I have two for you that I'll give you there. Uh, Joe Burrow. I I like the potential of Joe Burrow this season. It may be more of a slam dunk for some, maybe not. I mean, the numbers weren't quite there when you look at the yards per attempt and all those key stats last year, but we know it's a different story. He's got Jamar Chase in town. That changes everything. Mm -hmm. He's got a go-to number one guy. Now, 
You got T. Higgins as a number two receiver. Tyler Boyd is a number three. He's got his tight end back. I mean, this team is also going to throw a lot because their defense stinks. Yep. So there's going to be high, high volume there. So Joe Burrow's the guy that I like at quarterback. Another guy that's a little sneakier at that position a little later is Daniel Jones. I mean, they Ooh. have weapons. Ooh. Yeah, this is a guy that – I mean, they went out and got Kenny Galladay. They used the first round pick Paris Tony. Yeah, Kyle Rudolph. You got a lot of weapons there in Saquon coming back. So mm-hmm. – this is make or break for Daniel Jones. He's either going to break out in fantasy and reality, or they're going to move on and the Giants are going to find a quarterback. So a lot of pressure on him. They spent a lot of money on Galladay. So, and Galladay, by the way, is the guy that uh, maybe is still being undervalued in that offense. But this is make or break for Daniel Jones, a quarterback. Yeah, I really like the Burrow one. I feel like with the rookies, it's easy to forget about him because he got hurt in the middle of the season. So he kind of falls out of the public consciousness. And, you know, mm-hmm. Herbert gets rookie of the year and Tua Tagovailoa was such a story. Easy to forget about him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a guy that I'm just excited. I mean, every report you hear about him and Jamar Chase, it's like they skipped a year and they yeah. got back together and they're doing what they did at LSU together. So I'm excited about Jamar Chase. And I think if you're looking at the number one receiver of the Bengals and a guy that could break through, I think Jamar Chase is a great place to start. That combination, if you can get Burrow and Chase, a little stack mm-hmm. on your yeah. season-long team, I'd be excited about that all year long. That might be the way that I go. Just as an LSU fan, it would bring me yeah, a lot of get joy. Too excited, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll grab Thaddeus Moss. I'll grab. I won't grab the Bengals defense, but I'll admire them from afar from the number of LSU players they have on that defensive side too. You might be the only manager of any team to ever grab Thaddeus Moss. And play football. Uh, <laughs> well, Ross, I know you follow another team here that. Uh, a little bit closely and sure. a little bit of connection for you and the same position. You know where I'm going with this one? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Taysom I'm ready Hill. for it. I'm ready for it. Young breakout no, candidate, Taysom Hill, tight end. <laughs> yeah, if he can play tight end, wide receiver, quarterback, running back, <laughs> eligibility, I might look at him. But I'm looking at the guy that is the tight end one of the New Orleans Saints, Adam mm-hmm. Troutman. You look at him on the rankings right now. He's sliding up ever so slowly. People are realizing, uh. who are they going to throw to after Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara? It's Adam Troutman. I mean, you can't trust Traquan Smith, these other guys. Um, th- yeah. I mean, Adam Troutman, they traded up to get him last year. So you, that tells you a little bit how much they like him. They cleared the tight end room for him. He, I think he's going to be a key target for whoever's in there. We know Jameis Winston going back to Tampa. He loved throwing to O.J. Howard. That was his guy. You yep. love Cameron Brait as well. So you love both of those guys. So it all lines up there if Winston's the starting quarterback. Ooh, I love it. I love to hear it, Vinny. I'm a big fan of Adam Troutman, and I think this uh, New Orleans Saints offense has always been trying to find that next tight end. They got close there with Jared Cook for a couple of years, but Adam Troutman is somebody that they're finally able to kind of uh, grow from the you know from the very beginning into the system. What about some running backs? I haven't heard a lot of running back names if you're trying to do uh, maybe like a late running back strategy or something you're trying to find the secrets. Well, I think Mike Davis is someone that I would look at more. I mean, who's going to compete with him right now? I mean, they have Javian Hawkins, an undrafted rookie. I mean, he's probably their next best back in Atlanta. And we know what Arthur Smith likes to do. I mean, he likes to run the ball, set it up, play action, throw downfield. So Mike Davis, I think, is a little bit more on the radar because what he did with Christian McCaffrey out with the Panthers last year. But certainly a guy maybe being undervalued, I think, Right now, two guys that I would look out for are those two Tar Heels that uh, went in the draft. I mean, Javonta Williams looks like he's fast-tracking to start here in Denver over Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon had a pretty good year last year. Fantasy mm-hmm. managers know that he delivered, and 
I think he exceeded everyone's expectations in his first year in Denver, but they still went out and got Javon Williams, traded up for a player again that they liked. And I also like Michael Carter a lot. I mean, I look at this Jets backfield right now. I mean, do we really trust Tevin Coleman to stay healthy? I don't no. think so. No. So, and these other guys they had last year just didn't get the job done. So you look at Michael Carter. I love both of these backs, and I like the fact that they landed in good spots because it's all about the spots uh, you land as a running back. The talent is there, but you need the opportunity as well, and that, I really like those two guys from North Carolina that have an impact here as rookies. like it. Yeah, Vinny, thank you so much for coming by and uh, helping us with all, all of our extremely needy drafts. Yeah, big time. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're drafting a little bit now. It gives you good practice for later. So yeah. that's my advice. Keep on drafting. Keep on mock drafting until it's time to real draft. And uh, you can find out where these guys go in your draft because I think some of these guys may not be secrets for much longer. Mm. Yeah, practice makes perfect. Vinny, thank you so much for coming by and giving the time. And thank you all for listening to today's episode of the Locked On NFL podcast. You can always find Peter Bukowski on the Locked On Today podcast covering everything in sports under 20 minutes every single morning. Tomorrow, Tony and James are going to come by, talk a little NFL draft, talk a little. Who do they have on the docket? The Houston Texans. So you get a lot of Cody Ooh. Davis and Tony Wiggins going at it oh. in the AFC South. They're always and a, a lot of drama. <laughs> <laughs> a whole lot of drama. So we'll be back with that uh, for Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson and OLA. I am Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. See you all tomorrow here on the Locked On NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.